So I just wanted to share some thoughts on Parsha Shaiftim. So the first three psukim, or the first five psukim, talk about how a judge should act while paskening, tzedek, tzedek, tirdoi, if there's a pursuit of justice, and the famous halacha of sikach sheichar, that one is not allowed to take a bribe. And it's a tremendous sugi in halacha, what is considered a bribe, getting paid to be a dayan, but let's ignore that for a moment. On a simple level, everyone knows that you can't paskin a shayla if you're getting paid based on your psak. How could you how could you say that you're being a fear judge? Yet, and we'll leave it as a question or maybe a riddle, there's a halacha eight echad nemon bi'isurin. That means, let's say I'm a shaykhit, I'm working in a uh, slaughterhouse, I shech the cow, I say that it was a good shechita, I'm believed. Eid echad nemon bi'isurin. But what if it's a monetary, there's a monetary component in this? Let's say... I sell meat, and I'm also a shaykhit. Am I believed? Do we say, Eid echar, neman bi'asurin? What if I open a restaurant? A restaurant, and I tell everyone it's kosher. I put up a big sign, kosher, certified by me. And uh, I put a picture of a rabbi behind the counter. So do we say, Eid echar, neman bi'asurin, that he's believed? Or do we say, no, since he's getting paid, there's a, a concern of shaykhar. And based on how you answer this question, do you really need hashkacha? Is hashkacha having a hashkacha on a restaurant or on a, um, on a slaughter. Is that a minhag? Is that obligatory? So that would be just question number one or just thought number one on the parsha. So let's move on to uh, a Hasidic shavart. If you look at the next, uh, a few psukim later, the Torah talks about, again, talking about the Sanhedrin, it says, Ki mishpat. You're not sure about something, if it's Tum of Tahara, or it's Hechas Negaim, or Hechas Nida, right? Or you have Chayshem uh, Mishpat Shaila. What do you do? You go up to the Sanhedrin, and you get a Psak. So that is the the uh, the way the Gemara understands this Pasuk, and it talks about the Shoifet. Many halachas learned out from this parsha. However, there's a vart from, I believe, the Rishner. It could be it's not from him, but it's one of the Hasidish uh, uh, Rebbe's said the following vart. And let's look at the Pasuk again. Ki mimcha davar, la mishpat. you're wondering what's going on in the world. La mishpat, you don't know. Things are, there's injustice. Bein dam ladam, people are dying left and right. Bein din ladin, people... Uh, are losing their money, losing their panasa, so many people are sick. And you're wondering, why is it happening in this world, in my life, in my community? So the Pasuk tells us, I'll tell you why. There are fights going on in your home, in your community, in Klai Yisrael. And until that is taken care of, there's going to be issues of dam, issues of din, issues of nega. However, if we fix it, if we fix the Bein Adam Lachaberoi, the Sin HaSchinam, only then, then we'll go back up to Yerushalayim, Tarot Yisrael with the uh, Beis HaMikdash HaShlishi as we're referring to it in our days but that's the Vart of the Rishner. So moving on to those Psukim there's some very interesting Halachas that we learn out from here. The Torah tells us that you go up to the Sanhedrin you go up to the, the Shaifet of that day we learn out Yiftach Bedarei Kishmu Bedarei all these different things. Then it says Sasur you should not stray from You should not stray from what the Sanhedrin tells you, from what the, the Gadol Hadar, whatever he tells you, one should keep that uh, that psak. This is the source for the concept of Isurim de Rabbanon. The Chazal tell me something is muksa. So there's a if I if I you know use a hammer on Shabbos 
or I take something that's muksa, I move a rock on Shabbos, I violate this Isser of Loisasur. So if you look at the Chinuch, there's a, uh, the Sefer HaChinuch, he writes, let me just get the place, on this Pasuk, he says, Mishrashe HaMitzvah, one of the roots of this mitzvah is as following. Why, why do we have to listen to the Chachamim, the Chacham of each generation? Now, the truth is this is a very uh, controversial topic, meaning it's not controversial that this is true. It's more of how it's applied in life. Many people uh, take it too far. Some people take it too little. But this is a good suga. I actually had the experience. We spent three, four hours, Shavuos night this year. during. Uh, we didn't have a learning in shul, but I had a few people coming to my porch on Shavuos night, so we actually went through this. We spent three, four hours learning the sugya of Lysasur, what is considered Das Taira, or Amunas Hachamim. But either way, the question is, why? So, it's an interesting answer. This is not what we would typically think. So, Mishrashi HaMitzvah, the Sefer HaChinuch, this is in Tav Tzadivah, if you want to look it up, he says like this, Everyone has their own way of thinking about things. You're not going to have you know, equal thought. If everyone would have the ability to say their own pshat in the Torah, Ish ish kefi sichla. Everybody will have their own understanding of the Torah. Yifarish kolechem him divrei Torah kefi sarasa v'yarpa machlekes v'yisrael b'mashmois hamitzvah. Everyone have their own idea, their own interpretation of what the mitzvahs really mean. The tasa hatayra kekama tayras, and the Torah will end up being many tayras. You won't have a, a uniformity amongst Klai Yisrael. And the way many of the Bali Machshava write, and they expand on this, this is not just regarding Tyra, this is regarding other things in life, that if we don't have a united leadership, if we don't have, unfortunately we don't have that today, but if you don't have that, so we end up is, we end up left with this anarchy, and uh, we see it today in the streets, in many of the cities around the United States, the, the concern of, ar- of anarchy, where you don't know who to trust. You walk outside, you think you uh, put some symbol on yourself, you're going to be safe? You're not going to be safe. Someone else will hurt you. And anarchy is, uh, is a very scary thing. So part of the mitzvah, which typically isn't thought about, when we talk about Amunas Hachamim, so typically we, we look at the other reasons in the, brought down on the Rishonim, that there's some type of uh, uh, sp- special powers the, the Chazal had that were given to them by the Torah, or maybe we see Achari Rabbim Lahatois, that Rav Chachamim Paskin, that creates a halacha. But this is another thought which... What's the alternative? If we don't have Emunah Sacham, if you don't listen to the Gedele Yisrael, whatever that means, however we apply it, but in theory, without getting too uh, specific, if we don't have someone to, to guide us, so then it ends up being just anarchy. So if you look in the Pasuk, just, just to move on, the, 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 the Pasuk says, Right? It says, Right? Uh, uh, whether they tell you the right or the left. So if you look at Rashi, Rashi brings the, the famous Gemara. The Gemara t- says that, uh, it's really a Sifri, but it's also Gemara Rosh Hashanah small. Even if the Chacham tell you on your right hand that it's really left, that on your left hand that it's right, still you should listen to them. Even if to you it seems bizarre. So I saw a beautiful a beautiful pshat, but one of the Bali uh, Machshava. Uh, of t- in today's, uh, in today's, his name is Rabbi Gold. He is a he's a mashkiach, one of the uh, I think he's one of the Mizrahi yeshivas. But he said the following. He said that when they tell you something is right, 
and you think it's left, or they tell you it's left and you think it's right, so you're so convinced that they're wrong. However, the way the Torah uses it, yamin usmo, so left and right is not really a specific thing. If you think about it, let's say there are some people that give directions, and they give terrible directions. Like you ask them, so where is uh, so-and-so's house? So they tell you, oh, so uh, when you get to that street, you make a left, okay? I make a left, but where am I coming from? I could be coming from four different directions. So making a left is not really telling me how to get anywhere, right? So when we use terms left or right, it really depends on the perspective of the person. So when we say that you should listen to Chazal, even because they will have a different perspective than you. And, when, and one day you'll realize, oh, they were coming from that angle, so it makes sense. That is, in fact, the left, or that is, in fact, the right. So that's a, the depth of why the Torah uses the term so one of the things I always tell people is that you know some people, they, they live life, and they never ask anyone, you know, uh, you know, for advice on anything. And sometimes it's funny where you could have people, they understand that in their kitchen, it, when they drop something in there, they know that they, they don't know the answer to what they should be doing in their kitchen because that's above uh, above their pay grade, as I say. They never learned Yeridea, so they'll ask a Shiloh. But to make a decision, you know, which yeshiva to send their child to or, you know, so, such decisions, which community to live in, who to look, you know, for advice, whatever, or, you know, how much time to spend at work, how much time to spend in the family, that they got it all figured out. They, didn't, they don't know what to do with their kitchen sink or if they could buy dried mango in Trader Joe's, that they know they don't know anything about but life uh decisions that are going to affect my life and maybe a much broader way than if you ate mango without ashkach okay some of that could, could have glycerin it's not kosher but maybe in a in a broader way that they feel comfortable they know about it so one of the things you could uh one of the responses to that would be that if you follow baseball everyone knows you know growing up you know in, in your camp leagues there were always those players and never wanted anyone to coach them, you know, first base coach, third base coach. And they say, you know what, I got it. And the truth is you look at Major League Baseball, there's always a first base coach and a third base coach. No matter how great of a runner, baseball player, great instincts that that a person might have, you still want a first base coach or a third base coach. Why? Because they have a different angle than you on the field. You can't possibly be running full sprint in one direction and make a decision about you know the ball placement, how far the outfielder is playing. It's just too many things to handle, and there's, there's a different perspective that someone on the sidelines looking at you can have. I think it's a great muscle for, of course you want a good coach, right? A bad coach could be worse than, uh, than no coach, but you, you see the muscle that often in life, to ask someone, even if we don't have the perfect Rebbe, the perfect person to, to ask, the perfect coach. But there's still wisdom to be gleaned by just speaking it over with someone, speaking over a decision. The same way we don't know, you know, we drop a spoon in our kitchen sink. There's also, part of that is speaking it over with people who might have a different perspective. Hopefully they're good coaches, unbiased. So that's something we can learn from this parsha. And if you take it one step further, the, gemar, the, the, the Chumash later on tells us that even a, a melech, the king, he had to always walk around with a Sefer Torah wrapped around his arm. There's a lot written on why they did this, right? The Pasuk in Parakid Zion, Pasuk Yuches, the of Mishnah Torah He had to have another uh, Sefer Torah on, on his arm. So the Sefer Achinach writes, 
Again, and this is a tough kuf gimel. Mishrashi hamitzvah. Why? Lefisha melech b'shus atzmai. A king, there's no oversight. He's he's his own man. Le'atzivu adam amaisav. No one's gonna bother him. Le'igarboi. Uveshevet piv yaka artsai. He could he could kill anyone. Uveruach svasav with a with his lips. He could push the button. Yamis mishiyirtsa b'cholamoi. Alkin be'emes tzarich shmirah gedal. He needs a lot more oversight as the current time. Yamai nekdo, and therefore he has to have the Torah opposite him at all times as an equalizer to just show him that he's not boss. There's oversight. If you look at the Aruch HaShokhan, he writes, one of the reasons why I wear a yarmulke is to always remember Shechina Lamala Mirashi. That's what I tell people at work. Sometimes I meet uh, non-Jews, and you can meet a non-Jew in Iowa or Nebraska. They never saw an Orthodox Jew before. Maybe they saw Ben Shapiro. So hit or miss on their political liking of him. But and actually, I've actually been called, uh, people think I look like Ben Shapiro. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing. But uh, they ask, you know, why do Jews wear, you know, a head covering? And you can just quote the Aruch HaShochan, that Shechina Lamala Mirashi. You know, in life, I have to always remind myself that I'm not God, that there's something above me, there's something beyond. And the, and the, the king, the Melech Yisrael, needed it at all times. He had to walk around with a Sefer Torah on his arms. Okay, maybe we'll do one more vart. I don't know if I'm going overtime or under time, but one more vart, you could just shut it off if it's too much. So in this parasha, it talks about Moshe Rabbeinu building the, the, um, the, the there were six Are Miklot, six cities where the a person who murdered someone by accident would have to run and flee to. So there were three on, on one side of the Yardin and three in Eretz Yisrael. So Moshe Rabbeinu, unfortunately, was not zeichet to go into Eretz Yisrael. So he put together the three, established the three cities outside of Eretz Yisrael. And there's a medrash in Vaischanan. And the medrash in Vaischanan asks, why was Moshe Rabbeinu busy with the Ari Miklat? So, Amr Rav Levi, Rav Levi said, Someone who ate the food, he could actually say, you know, what it tastes like. You know, your iron chef or chopped. Someone who tasted it, they could, they could say, oh, this tastes good, this tastes bad. So Moshe Rabbeinu had to run away earlier in his life when he killed one of the Mitzrayim. It says, Moshe himself was a, was a fugitive. He had to run away. So he himself would understand when he would put together the Arya Miklat, he would know what it feels like to be on the run. And he would be extra sensitive when he established a city called Arya Miklat. And it's a tremendous lesson in life when a person goes through something. So first of all, that itself could be very challenging. But when we come out of it, hopefully we come out on top, it's an amazing gift to be able to give back to those that are struggling with the same thing, whether it's with you know personal life, whether it's finances, whatever it is, a person can look back and say, I struggle with it, and now I understand what it means uh, to go through it, and I can look at someone else struggling with the same issues and reach out to them, and we see that's, that we learned that from Moshe Rabbeinu in his setting up of the Ari Miklot. All right, this was fun. Have a wonderful Shabbos.